Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Jesse Maiko. Today, we're looking at anti-trans discrimination in the military, both before and after Trump's ban. But first, the headlines. On Monday, Donald Trump gave Roy Moore a full-throated endorsement, despite the Alabama Republican Senate candidate facing multiple accusations of sexual assault against teenage girls. The US Air Force flew six advanced stealth tactical fighters over South Korea Monday part of the largest ever joint airborne military exercise conducted by Washington and Seoul. North Korea lashed out at the drills, warning they are pushing the peninsula to the, quote, brink of nuclear war. And, just moments after the same-sex marriage bill was introduced to the Australian House of Representatives, the Australian lawmaker Tim Wilson became the first person to propose to his partner on the floor of the chamber. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. Transgender soldiers in the US military are facing an uncertain future under President Trump. This August, Broadly spent time with Rachel Waverley, a former soldier who believes her discharge was based on issues surrounding her gender identity. Even though Rachel's dismissal was in motion months before Trump's proposed trans-military ban was announced, her story highlights how current military bureaucracy makes it easy to get rid of anyone deemed unwanted, with or without an official ban. Here's producer Erica Matson speaking with Vice's Ankita Rao about the documentary. It's been a complicated year when it comes to what Trump is deciding to do with transgender members of the military. What exactly has happened and where are we now? Yeah, basically, Trump kind of came out and said that he wanted to review the current status of trans service members because he, in his opinion, thought it was going to cost a lot of money to continue to medically provide for them. And over the course of the year, he's kind of gone back and forth um, with what he wants to do. And the last thing the White House said was that they wanted to review the current status of trans military members to see if they were deployable or not, a.k.a. do we keep them or do we kick them out? This documentary centers on one specific member of the military named Rachel. Tell me about her. Diana Torrije, who is a staff writer at Broadly, trans herself, one of the leading trans journalists, um, was approached by Rachel on Facebook in July. And Rachel wrote her and said, I am being discharged from the military, and I believe it has to do with my gender identity. And that sort of started Diana and Rachel's relationship in which Rachel was sending her medical information, discharge papers. Diana was putting together documentation to try and prove this, which is very hard to do, but approached production, myself and another producer, Michelle, and said, I think we have something here. We kind of have to move fast because she's being discharged in a couple of days. So we said, let's just go down, be there on the day Rachel's being discharged, and just 
be with her to see what it's like to have your whole life uprooted, you know, because of your gender identity. While you were reporting and creating this film, Trump actually announced his official transgender military member ban. How did that change your story? What happened? It was 24 hours after Rachel had been officially discharged from the military. It was at night. We were in a hotel. We were filming um, a scene of Rachel just being in her hotel room. And I get a phone call from our executive producer, Sarah Rodriguez, who said, have you seen the news? And we hadn't because we'd been filming all day. And Trump had issued a memorandum giving General Mattis six months to review the deployability of current trans service members and to stop all trans people from joining the military. Sarah said, take the phones away from Rachel and Diana, the correspondent, um, to let them kind of naturally react to this news. So we sat Rachel and Diana down on the couch, handed Diana my phone, and I said, can you read this um, article? And... Rachel just put her head in her hands and was just like, I can't believe it. Everybody that I know is going to be affected by this. And really good men and women are going to lose their jobs, lose their pensions, have family problems because of this. I mean, people join the military not for a couple of years. They join for life. It was a, a hard thing to, to kind of watch her go through that without giving her any kind of prep. So what happened to Rachel? Rachel's very young. She joined the military when she was 18. She wanted to dedicate her life to service, but knew she was trans, but also knew she probably could never come out while serving in the military. Obama was the president at the time, got rid of the open service issue. Rachel said, great, I'm going to transition. I'm going to come out, met with military doctors, put her on a medical plan to start this transition and never was able to, never started on the plan, was never put on hormones because in order to have started her treatment, her commanding officer needed to sign off on it. And over the course of about eight months, she just never got that approval. And eventually she was discharged. And the confusing part, I guess, is that the discharge was based on something called a personality disorder. And a personality disorder is a very serious condition that presents itself your entire life in which it makes you not fit for service. Everybody who joins the military goes under a medical evaluation before they join. Personality disorder would have been something that would have been discovered in an initial diagnosis that she and everybody else gets when joining the military. Weird, it only presented itself a month before she was discharged after she started to raise more of a fuss about not starting her medical treatment. What was the actual status of transgender members under Obama? And then how did that change under Trump? Probably the first thing is to say that still, even under Obama, um, you were not allowed to join the military like openly trans. You were allowed to be open as a trans person in the military, but still on a recruitment side, they weren't accepting trans people. So it was more to say, you currently serving, we will provide medical treatment, and you were allowed to openly serve as trans. That was the Obama directive. But we had an election, and everyone kind of knew that Trump was not on board with transgender service members because he had hinted at that during the election, during his campaign. So I think even though the Obama-era guidance was still, quote-unquote, being executed, you have a new commander-in-chief that doesn't agree with it. So Rachel was one of those cases that came out because Obama said it was okay to come out and then was systematically punished for coming out 
because now you have Trump in office who just signals something to people within the military who have biases that actually you don't really have to follow the Obama guidance because I'm going to look the other way. Where is Rachel now and how is she doing? Rachel is doing very well. Um, You know, she put herself and her story out there and it's a risk. You get a lot of hate um, from both people who are saying, oh, you shouldn't speak ill of the military to lots of people online going, well, you have a mental illness, so you should have never served to begin with. But she's happy. She's living her, you know, true identity and self. Um, she's working as a 911 dispatcher and volunteer firefighter. I just think it's amazing that even though she's left the military, she's still in the line of service for people. Now, as a civilian, she's able to go to the doctor and get hormonal treatment and not be blocked and actually start on the treatment plan that was denied her whole military career. Her family does not accept her. That's still an issue. But they have seen the documentary, and she's told me that her extended family has even reached out and said that they support her. So I think she's actually doing really well. It's the end of 2017. Where are we now with transgender members of the military? A federal judge has blocked, essentially, this removal of trans people from the military. However, we know this White House, and tomorrow they could come out with a different memorandum, slightly tweaking the language to kick out trans people. So I think it's still very up in the air. Plus, just on a society level, we're still very new to accepting trans people in general. So to think that the military would be on the progressive end of this, I think, is wrong. But... What we try and say in this doc and the real takeaway is, regardless of if there is or is not a ban, there are ways that the military can just kick people out that they don't want. And if the target right now is trans people because they see them as a distraction, they see them as politicized, they see it as just too much of a burden, they can get rid of every single one of them. To watch Broadly's full documentary, go to vice.com. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. For more news and culture, check out vice.com. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now.